It's time for another trip through the golden history of Hollywood in a very, very special podcast from us here at the Warner Archive Collection and our website, warnerarchive.com. I'm George Feltenstein, and I'm so proud to be your host for today's podcast. Today's Warner Archive podcast pays tribute to the memory of one of Hollywood's greatest stars, Elizabeth Taylor. Miss Taylor made her film debut in a small film at Universal Pictures, but soon traveled across Los Angeles to the tiny hamlet known as Culver City and the studio known as MGM, where she was basically under contract for the next 17 or 18 years. Miss Taylor's contract at MGM brought her fame and fortune, and it was her starring role in the film National Velvet that solidified her as one of the major, major talents of the time. She went on to win two Academy Awards and the hearts of moviegoers everywhere. The film that really, really cemented her stardom was indeed National Velvet. She played a young girl named Velvet Brown who was determined to take her horse and win a famous horse race. And she did so, supported by the wonderful Mickey Rooney, Angela Lansbury, and Donald Crisp. Mickey Rooney joined Elizabeth Taylor for a radio version of National Velvet, which was broadcast in 1947, two years after National Velvet had opened in theaters. Warner Archive is proud to present you this rare National Velvet radio broadcast as it was first heard on Lux Radio Theater in 1947. Remember that you can get many films of Miss Taylor's at our warnerarchive.com website. And after we listen to the National Velvet radio broadcast, we'll be happy to tell you about those films. But meanwhile, it's time to learn the story of Velvet Brown, the Grand National Race, and a wonderful horse called the Pie, as we sit back, relax, and travel back to the Lux Radio Theater, 1947, and listen to Elizabeth Taylor and Mickey Rooney in the wonderful story of National Velvet. Enjoy! Lux presents Hollywood! Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Mickey Rooney, Elizabeth Taylor, and Donald Crisp in National Velvet. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we welcome to this theater a young man whose popularity has made him sorely missed during his absence in the service. I refer, of course, to Mickey Rooney, playing tonight the last great role that he created before going in the Army. With Mickey on our stage are lovely Elizabeth Taylor and Donald Crisp from the original screen cast. They appear in Metro-Golden-Mare's thrilling and enchanting screen hit, National Velvet. The story of a boy and girl and a horse who brings them dreams of glory in a little town in England. And speaking of England, a friend of ours in Nova Scotia forwards a letter she received from relatives in London, thanking her for a package which she sent. The letter says, I don't know who was more thrilled, the children or their mother. It was really exciting to see a package of Lux Flakes again. I felt like washing all my precious things immediately. Well, I'm sure that gratitude for Lux Flakes is a feeling that we in the United States share readily with our English cousins. Another token of hands across the sea. 
We cross that sea now with the opening act of National Velvet, starring Mickey Rooney as Mai, Elizabeth Taylor as Velvet, and Donald Crisp as Mr. Brown, with Janet Scott as Mrs. Brown. Three weeks now I'd been on the road, and sundown this day I'd be in the village of Sewell's. For someone lived in Sewell's whom my father once knew. I was resting at the crossroads when I saw them, a girl and a horse. Running away the horse was, and there was the child cutting the beast off and stopping him, like she'd been doing it every day of her life. Whoa, boy! Whoa! Oh, what a lovely boy he is. Oh, you're a sweet one. I don't know how you stopped him, Velvet. I was trying to slip a halter on him when he tore loose. What's his name, Mr. E? He's a murderous pirate, not deserving of a name. Oh, no, not pirate. He's a gentle one. Aren't you, boy? I'll just call him Pie. Oh, you're a pretty one, Pie. Trouble with you, Velvet. You love any horse, don't you? Oh, yes. Yes, Mr. E. I still don't know how you stopped him. A little one like you. Come on, you robber, you pirate. Come along here. Should be in school, shouldn't you, girl? Oh, oh, I didn't see you. Well? School's over. It's summer holidays. Where are you going? To that village. My father's the butcher there. That's nice. I have two sisters and a brother. That makes it chummy. What have you got? The whole world. My father left it to me. Isn't Pied beautiful? Who? Mr. Reed's horse. I grant she's got vinegar. Short back, well-ribbed. Nice mover, all right. The way he jumped the pasture fence. I gotta be jumping, too. I got business in Sewell's. Who is? Mrs. Herbert Brown. But, but that's my mother. It is, huh? Honest, honest she is. And I'm Velvet Brown. Velvet? What kind of a name is that? Queer as my own. Is it? Hmm? I'm called Mai. Mai Taylor. Mai. Hmm. And you know about horses, don't you? What if I do? Oh, but to know about horses is wonderful. Come on, Mai. I'll take you to my mother. What did you say your name is, boy? Uh, my tailor, ma'am. Where does he come from? I found him, Father. I found him on the road. Is that any excuse for being late for supper? Come eat, boy, eat. Uh, oh, uh, thank you, sir. Velvet, sit down. Yes, Father. This is my sister Edwina, my sister Malvolia, and my brother Donald. Uh, how do you do? How do you do? Eat your supper, Donald. I am. You're just rolling it around and around. Now swallow. I can't swallow. It isn't slighty. I was sick all night. Donald, you're telling a story. Yes, Father. And you know what a story is? What is it? Never mind. Just say you're sorry. I'm sorry, Father. Well, you're sorry for what? For being sick all night. That boy will be a lawyer one day. Velvet, what are you doing? It's my brace, Father. My brace hurts my teeth when I eat. Hurt or no hurt, that brace costs four pounds ten. How many times must I tell you? You want a face like a rabbit? She'd rather have a face like a horse. That's enough, Mally. Now then, Mr. Taylor, you something to tell me about your father? Uh, <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Well, I, uh, I showed you your name in his address book, ma'am. Yes? And, uh, you said that you knew him. Did I? So I... Well, I, I found the book among my father's belongings after he died, and I, I thought that since I was passing through Sewell's, that maybe you... Well, maybe you could, uh... Biscuit. No. No, thanks, ma'am. I, 
I think I'd better be getting along before it gets too dark. Where will you go? If you stay on the road, you're sure to find another town. Yes, but it's harder to find on an empty stomach. You can go after supper. Mrs. Brown, please to pass the potatoes. What is it you want, Velvet? I'm worried about Father. Father, are you sure you feel well? I thought I told you to leave us alone for a few minutes. Your mother and I are talking to Mr. Taylor. But if you don't feel well, don't you think you'd better have a helper in the butcher shop? I never felt better in my life. Just for the summer. There's more sheep come to market in summer than winter. Yes, that's true. But however it may grieve you, child, I feel fine. Now then, Mr. Taylor. If she's talking about me being a butcher's helper, she's wasting her breath. Well, that's agreed. Still, there's a small bed in the stable, Mr. Brown. Yes, there is, Mrs. Brown. You can have it for tonight, my Taylor. Oh, thank you, Mother. Thank you, Father. Well, show him to the stable, Velvet, and then get to bed. Maybe I'd rather not stay. I Then show him to the road. I'll stay. Uh, just for tonight, though, thank you. <coughs> What are you doing, Mrs. Brown? Working on the account books. Did you forget you brought home 12 pounds cash? Or put the money away till morning. You look tired. It's you must conserve yourself. After all, more sheep in summer. Now you know there's small sense in hiring that boy. You could do worse, Mr. Brown. Ten bob would be fair, I think. Ten bob a week because he's the son of Dan Taylor? Did I ever ask for a favor because I'm the son of my father? He won't get favors. Oh, I'll see to that, never you fear. Look in on the girls, would you, Mr. Brown? I am a little tired. I will. Put the money in the cupboard and get on with you. Is that you, Father? It is. And why aren't you asleep like your sisters? I've been riding my horse. Oh, you're a sweet one, Pie. Easy now, easy boy. What's this pie business? A new horse? Oh, he's the loveliest thing, Father. He belongs to Mr. E. Oh, you should see him. Now calm yourself or you'll be losing your supper again. I'll take Jacob Dog for a walk. Good night, Father. Come on, Pie. Straight down the road now. Faster, boy. Faster, my love. Come in. I'm glad you're not asleep, Mother. What's disturbing you, Velvet? You're all lighted up. Mother, did you know my tailor's father? Perhaps when you were a swimmer... When you were having your pictures in the paper. Way back, I mean. Way back. Do you know how I came to swim the channel? Was my tailor's father showed me how. His father? He was my trainer. It was he told me what to do. Breathed the spirit in me. Made me do it when I was ready to give up. Why didn't you tell my about his father? It isn't the time for it. There's a right time for everything. But he'd be so happy, Mother. It'd give him something to go on with. He needn't go. Mother! It's not charity. He'll work his way. Oh, I know he will, Mother. May I go and tell him? Tell him he can stay, but no more. We'll not let him trade on his father's name. If this stuff is there, it'll show. Isn't it wonderful, Mike? The room's a little shabby, but, but you can... I, uh, and... I haven't said I was staying... Oh. No, I'm, uh, I'm considering. Don't you think you'd be happy here? Hmm, it isn't the happiness I'm considering. It's what it'll get me. It's for the lack of considering that people stay poor. Have you ever been quiet for a few hours and, and just think? Oh, all the time. 
all the time about horses. You've got a horse right in this barn. Miss Ada, she pulls the delivery cart. Don't you love horses, Mike? I hate them. I don't believe it. You know too much about them. I can tell. That's when you really hate something. When you know too much about it. But you will stay here, won't you, Mike? I... I'll stay. Mike. What is it? You'll have to get over your hate of horses. Why? Because I love them so. Every night I pray to God to give me horses. Wonderful horses. And to let me be the best rider in England. She went back into the house, and later when the lights were all out, I went back to the house too, and I put back in the cupboard 12 pounds I had stolen. <laughs> I would stay for a while in Sewell's and be a butcher's boy. All right, lad, scrub down the chopping blocks. They're all scrubs, sir. Uh, oh. What's the boy to do now, Mrs. Brown? There's Mr. Ede's order, and Velvet's brought the cart. Oh, you know the Ede farm boy? I'll show him, Father. Nonsense. He must learn by himself. Oh, please, Father. There's the road to Ede and the road to Chopper's. Oh, it's very confusing. The ride will do her good, Mr. Brown. Sharpen her appetite. Yes, Father. Sharpen my appetite. Well, what are you waiting for, boy? Uh, Take the meat and go. I... Yes, sir. Mrs. Brown, now mind you, I'm not against this tailor lad. But not for him. Well, now, you'll allow that tramping the road's not a proper upbringing. And would you guarantee there wasn't a bit of lying and sharp dealing about him? I guarantee there is. But what's the meaning of goodness if there isn't a little badness to overcome? Uh, yes, Mrs. Brown. Did you have to bring your dog along, too? Oh, but Jacob loves to ride in the car. Don't you, Jacob? Don't you think I know why you wanted to come out here? <laughs> there's Ede's pasture, and there's Ede's horse. Yes, there's Pie. My, what have horses ever done to you? Nothing. There's got to be a reason. All right, all right. I took a spill once. You'd hate him, too, if you had any sense. What's a horse? An animal that earns his keep by breaking his neck? I'm a horse, and I'll be one till I use my head again. My... Would you mind? Oh, all right. All right. Go on and look at him if you want to. Oh, I do want to. He's so beautiful. Jacob. He... Jacob. Jacob, come back here, Jacob. My, he's going in the pasture. He's chasing after Pie. Jacob, Jacob. What kind of a horse is that? Letting a dog scare him. He's running away again. Pie. That's... Let him go. Stonewall will stop him. He's running like force. He didn't do it. I don't believe it. He didn't. Didn't? Didn't do what? That, that, that wall. He, he jumped that wall. Give me, give me that cord. What cord? From that meat parcel. Hurry up. I, I've got to measure something. I don't know why you want to measure Mr. Reed's wall, my. I'll tell you why. Do you know what that crazy horse did? When he jumped over that wall, he leaped Beecher's Brook. He did? Yes. But he's gone, my. We've got to find him. He's Ede's horse. Let Ede find him. My, what's Beecher's Brook? Did you ever hear of a race course called Aintree? Aintree? Oh, forget it. It never happened at all. Forget I ever mentioned it. Mr. Reed found his crazy horse. And being a man of wisdom, he set about getting rid of him. 
Next morning in the window of the butcher shop was hung a big sign. They're raffling him, Mother. Mr. E's horse, the pie, they're raffling him. When is the raffle, Mr. Brown? Saturday next, in the shop. In the shop? Well, Mr. E'd asked for it as a special favor. Well, you shouldn't have left me here along with him so long. Father, is it really true? Could Mr. E's horse be won for a shilling? Well, if you won, you'd lose. What good is the brute? Oh, do take us some tickets, won't you? Didn't you hear what I just said? You won't have to buy raffle tickets, Mr. Brown. I'll get them. Huh? What's that? Here. Four shillings. One for each of the girls. And here, one for Donald. <laughs> Boy, uh, are you challenging my authority in this family? No, sir. I'm buying raffle tickets, that's all. You'll have to choose your own numbers, girls. Oh, my, you're wonderful. <laughs> Sixty-two. Sixty-two. I'll take 62. We'll get the tickets after lunch and, and pin them in the Bible. Oh, Boy, it's one thing to outthink a man, but quite another to outsmart him. And who will say which is which, Mr. Brown? Eat your lunch, girls. Eat. Well, hello, Velvet. Hello, Mr. Hallam. Nice of your father to help Mr. Reed with the raffle. I hear you've been saying you're going to win. Oh, of course I'm to win. And what's the lucky number? 62. Number 62. There's ways of arranging it, and your father's a clever man, eh? Oh, I didn't bother him, Mr. Hallam. I just arranged it with God. And we're all gathered. I'll ask my friend Mr. Brown to reach in the fishbowl and determine who's to take home that handsome gelding for the price of a shilling. Look out, the winning number doesn't stick to Mr. Brown's fingers. What's that you imply, Mr. Hallam? I imply there's some here that feels the horse has already won. Oh, Hi, there's your daughter. There. There's your daughter, Velvet, been telling the village the horse is as good as hers. Come here, Hallam. I said come here. Well? Put your hand in the box and pick the number yourself. I refuse and you can't make me. I can break your head. Look lively, Mr. Hallam. Pick a number. Oh, all right, I will. Now draw it out. Come on, what is it? What is it? The winning number is 113. Oh, Mr. Brown! Mr. Brown! It's Velvet! What's that? Oh, What's the matter with her? Oh, fainted. She has Mr. Brown fainted right away. I'm sorry I fainted, Mother. It's all right, dear. Just lie still a while. Sometimes it frightens me. What, dear? The things I see. I see things as big as life, and I, I think they're real. Like right now. What do you see now? Out of the window. The whole village coming here. And they're bringing me the pie. I suppose it's because I wanted him so much. Don't fret, girl. If you see things that way, you'll... Velvet, look. It is the whole village. You've won him, girl. The horse is yours. The pie? He, he's mine, but... <laughs> Mr. Hallam drew a number that hadn't been sold. So we had to start all over again, and out came 62. Father! Oh, the old fool was fit to die. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so pleased. Saddled with a crazy horse I don't need. And if there isn't enough trouble in the world, you people arrange to draw it out of a fishbowl. Supposed to be resting, though. My, what's Beecher's Brook at Pie leaped over? Beecher's Brook is the sixth jump of the Grand National Dame Tree, the greatest horse race in the world. Now, don't go floating around, just lie down there. Your ma'll blame me. My, would you do something for me? What? 
just walked by up and down, under the window. And have you fainting again? No, no. Cross my heart, my. I'll just shut my eyes and listen. National Velvet, starring Mickey Rooney, Elizabeth Taylor, and Donald Crisp. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath, Libby. Well, you shouldn't try imitating those acrobatic leaps Doug Fairbanks Jr. makes in Sinbad the Sailor. After all, he was a combat commando before he made this new picture for RKO. Well, I, I saw Marina Hara out front, and I, I wanted to see if she's as lovely as she looked in those Technicolor shots. Oh, well, I hope you told her how gorgeous she looked in those Arabian Nights costumes. That I did. And all those harem girls in Sinbad the Sailor were gorgeous, too. RKO knows how to pick them. Weren't they lovely? Did you know RKO interviewed 240 girls before they selected 25? How did they ever decide? Legs. Uh, they did look good. <laughs> Legs were the final test. You see, with those sheer costumes, the designers couldn't use any camouflage tricks. The girls' legs had to be perfect. And I guess every girl who applied wore her very best stockings for the interview. I've never seen so many trim-looking legs. Never a stocking wrinkle or a run. Oh, there couldn't have been that many pairs of new nylons in Hollywood at that time. No, indeed. And you can be sure most of the girls had treasured their stockings with Lux Flakes. After all, smart girls in Hollywood, just like smart girls all over the country, insist on Lux for stockings. Oh, that's not surprising when you consider how much longer stockings last with Lux. If anybody wants proof, just look at those strain tests we've talked about before. Weren't the results amazing? A well-known laboratory started with identical groups of stockings, washed them two ways. Those washed with a strong soap went into runs mighty soon. But those that were washed with Lux Flakes took strains like veterans. They lasted ever so much longer. In fact, twice as long. So, no matter what kind of stockings you wear, Gentle Lux is thrifty care. We return you now... To William Keeley. Act two of National Velvet, starring Mickey Rooney as Meyer, Elizabeth Taylor in the title role, and Donald Crisp as Mr. Brown. Winning a horse in a raffle is one thing. Keeping that horse is another. It was Mr. Brown who was all for making the pie earn his oats, but the pie was not born for work. Smashed the cart and scared half the village out of a year's growth before I had him back in his stall again. I'm frightened, my father said he'd sell a pie for cat's meat. If anybody sells a pie, I might as well die. No, no, no. I, I don't think he meant it. Oh, he couldn't. The pie's too wonderful and noble and great. Greatly crazy. My, that stone fence you said was tallest beaches, Brooke. Eh? Three times this morning, this pie sailed over it. Oh, I ought to be whipped for even mentioning Beecher's Brook. You'll talk and dream of it until I get sacked. My, uh, could the pie win the Grand National? Oh, who do you think you are? I'm the owner of the pie. And does that give you leave to think you could take the richest, grandest prize a horse ever won? 
Why, that's for kings. And you're just a wisp of a butcher's daughter who should be playing with a dolly. The pie's a king. A king without money or a jockey or a trainer. And your pa wanting to chop him up for cat's meat. But if we had the money and you were the trainer, would you know where to find the jockey? <laughs> Look at you. It's like your ma says, all lighted up. There's something terrible you've done, Velvet. I feel it. Answer me, Ma. Without all the other ifs, yes, I could get a jockey. Would it be Weatherby's in London where the horses are entered for the Grand National? Would this be the kind of letter to send to Weatherby? Give me that letter. You're not sending it, Velvet. <laughs> but I did, last week. And they've answered me. You'll have to help me fill in the entry blank. Did they also tell you you'd need a hundred pounds to enter? Oh, we'll come to that later. Velvet, do you know what you're bringing on yourself with this craziness? To get him fit. You'll be riding, riding, over fences and ditches and high stone walls till you're weary and worn to a shadow. And for what? Tell me that. For what? It's his chance to be great. It's for the glory of it for him. It's your chance too, mine. My chance will come when your pa sends me packing. Now leave me alone. Leave me My, did you put Velvet up to this? It's me that said it was folly, ma'am. A hundred pound standard, jockey fees, money for a horse van. And all folly for nothing. The horse is not good enough? It's a score of things. Thirty jumps, ma'am. The hardest course in the world. Training a month on month. It'd be folly for nothing. Tell me, my... Uh, what's wrong with folly? Well, uh... <clears throat> Velvet, come with me. There's an old scrapbook in the trunk in the attic. I think it's time to look at it. Scrapbook, Mother. Pictures of you swimming. Velvet, my spoke of a jockey fee. Doesn't he ride? Did. Had a spill once, though. I nearly drowned once, but I went back to swimming the very next day. Velvet, this picture here. This man was my father. My father? Yes, my trainer. There was greatness in him. In you, too. Often I just sit and wonder about you. You don't think like the rest of us, Mother. You think here, way in the back of your head. And I've watched you do the same. We're alike, Velvet. I, too, believe that everyone should have a chance at breathtaking piece of folly once in his life. I was 20 when they said I couldn't swim the channel. You're 12. You think a horse of yours can win the Grand National. Your dream has come early. Yes, Mother. Here's something else in the trunk. A bag filled with gold sovereigns. Mother, your prize money for swimming the channel. And there's a little more somewhere, paper money. But this will be for your entry fee. Gold sovereigns for luck. Oh, Mother, Mother. We'll win for you, Mother. We will. Win or lose, it's how you take it that counts. And knowing when it's time to go on to the next thing. The next thing? There's a time for everything, Velvet. For having a horse in the Grand National. For being in love. Yes, even for dying. All in proper order at the proper time. Mother, who... Who's going to tell Father? I'll do the telling. I don't think your father believes too well in the importance of folly. So it was, I took my clean collar off the nail and I packed my bag and into it went a heavy sack filled with shining gold sovereigns. <laughs> I'd soon be off to London, to Weatherby's, making an entry in the Grand National. I'll be off with you, my. 
Good luck. Thanks to you, ma'am. Goodbye, Mr. Brown. My lads, you can't say that your big chance did not come to you in the village of Sewell's, going to London with a hundred pounds in your pocket. Mrs. Brown wishes you good luck. I wish you a good time. Ah, uh, yes, sir. What did you mean by that? A good time? How many mutton shops make up a hundred pounds? How many thousand? Making calculations, Mr. Brown? I am. And I'll lay my two ears on this chopping block if you ever see the color of your sovereigns again. Or the hide of Master Taylor this side of Doomsday. There was someone in London I knew. Name of Greenford, an agent he was for jockeys. We met at a pub and the mugs of beer that sloshed our table were large and many. But why didn't you go to Manchester to find a rider? Why Manchester? Because that's where you used to ride, wasn't it, lad? Now, what's your game? Well, I, I told you, I got papers for Weatherby's. Likewise, the entry fee, but I got no jockey. Entering a horse what never ran anywhere? <laughs> Why don't you take your hundred quid and throw it in the River Thames? because well, it ain't mine to fling. That horse ain't going to win the national, and you sure, know it. Sure, I know it, I know, but what can I do? You can I... use your wits. Uh, the horse that's taking the Grand National is being quoted now at 40 to 1. That's 4,000 pounds, Mr. 4, Taylor, pounds. for the man who wages a measly hundred. 4,000 4, pounds? And all I ask is a little commission for placing the bet. Uh, what will I tell him in Sewell's? Tell him you met a tart like me in a pub and yeah. I pinched it off you. Yeah. And the day after Aintree, you come back to London and <laughs> live like quality the rest of your days. <laughs> now, where's that hundred yeah. quid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gold yeah. and sovereigns, yeah. eh? Uh, here, here. What's this? Off a crown? You got this bag watered? She gave me that to spend. Saved it. She was glad to give it to me. Oh, lady, sweet on you, is she, Husky Lady? Not old, not old. Not sweet on me. Just trust me. Trust me. Give me that bag. Hold on now, lady. Uh, drunk I am, but not so drunk as you think. Thief I've been, too. But it's not in my books, Mr. Greenford. What ain't? Stealing on Wednesday. Thanks for the beer. I'm late for well, back so soon, Mr. Taylor. I hope you took me at my word and had a right good time. Here, here's your receipt for your money at Weatherby's. And you get five pounds change. What's that? I'll be back at work as soon as I change my clothes. Yesterday you calculated how many mutton chops made a hundred sovereigns, Mr. Brown. Uh, today I'll calculate in mutton head. I made a mistake. No need for too much humility. A little from you goes a long way. What happened in London? Tell me, my, did you find me, Jockey? No. And be grateful for what you have, Velvet. I can't help it. I want it all quickly because I don't want God to stop and think and wonder if I'm getting more than my share. The Jockey will have to wait. There's lots of agents in London. I'll write some letters for you, but that's all. You've bit off a big piece of dream for yourself, and now it's all your own show, Velvet. My, I can't do it without you. The National's no business of mine. Your pa won't stand for me chasing about with a racehorse. But it's you knows what to do and how to train him. Half the pie's in my heart, and half's in yours. I, I swear by the pie that whatever he wins, half is yours. <laughs> Thanks. I'll buy me a bowler hat with my half. A castle with your half, my. 
The pie's going to win. Huh. Half, half the sweeps, eh? Man could get a real start. Buy a livery stable in a lively little town. Drop anchor, raise some young'uns like Donald. All right, all right, you've got a deal. Shake hands on it? Shake hands. You dream of glory for your pie. As for me, I'll take the cash. Now, come here. Come here, I've got something to show A map? Yeah. Now, this here's a map of the course at Aintree. Twice around the course they go. That's 30 jumps in all. It's mostly a job of training them to jump and jump and keep on going. That's the first five jumps here are thorn hedges. We can teach the pie on the fences over by Mr. Eads. Now, the third jump here, this one, there's a ditch on the takeoff side. I can dig him one, and then there's a garden. Faster, Velvet, faster! He's got a ditch to clear. Steady now! Steady, girl! That's it! That's it! Turn him around and try it again! Lift his head! Keep it that way now! Beecher's Brook. There's a bad drop on the landing side, see? But if we take him over the wall often enough, it might not scare him so much. Go ahead now, be careful. Don't jerk his head. I know. I just sit still as a dummy and let him handle it. Watch. Stop getting excited. Do it again. Yes, my. I'm ready. Oh, isn't he wonderful, my? Isn't he lovely? That's how it went. Week after week, whenever we had a few moments together. Velvet from school, me from the shop, running and jumping, jumping and running. She in the saddle and me telling her what to do, as best I knew. And then, one afternoon, deep in winter... She comes rushing into the stable, thinking Pie and me'd be ready for her. But we aren't ready. Pie is down on the stable floor, shaking and wheezing, sick unto death he is. What is it, Mike? What's wrong with him? I don't know. Pneumonia, I guess. Pie, tell me. Tell me what hurt. Is it very bad, Pie? I'll get a vet. No, no vet. There isn't a good one in town. My, please, you can help him. He's ours, my. Would, would you trust me, Velvet? I'm, I'm not very lucky. I, I might guess wrong. But would you trust me? Yes. You won't hurt him more than me. All right, then, get some blankets. Get some whiskey, hot water. Hurry, Velvet, we don't have much time. <laughs> So tragedy stalks our house, does it? It's late, Mr. Brown. Better go to bed. But I'm not going to bed. Don't you think Velvet will catch her death out there in the stables? It's not to be helped. She's beside herself. You need your sleep, Mr. Brown. When tragedy stalks the house once in ten years, I can stay up. I haven't set up so late since Donald arrived. Which, of course, was just before the dawn. I'll have some tea. Speaking of Donald, look, the stairs... Mama? I'll decide that. Back to bed. Is the child in the habit of coming down at this hour? You heard your mother. Back to bed. I'll only fall asleep, Papa. That is the general purpose and intention. I've been sick all night. You haven't. 
I have, and I. Now, don't let him start whining. You changed my sheets in the middle of the night, and the new ones were cold. I changed your sheets for a very good reason, young man. Now get on up. Oh, all right. I must have been sick all night long. My? Oh. Yes? Come in, lad. You're cold. A drop of tea. Thank you, ma'am. Do you mind if I have a little tea also? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Well, never mind. I can wait here. Give me your cup. Any change? No. Are you worried about the animal? Well, he's sick. And I wouldn't be surprised if you and Mrs. Brown were sick too. Matter of a cool hundred pounds with those racing people. What are you going to do? Take the carcass to London and demand a refund? We're not thinking about the money, Mr. Brown. <clears throat> oh, no, not you, Mrs. Brown. You're a woman of deep feeling and faith. I mean, Master Taylor's half-interest in the winnings. Mr. Brown, remember once you entered a spelling competition for five shillings? Was it love of spelling or the love of five shillings? Oh, now, now, that was entirely different, Mrs. Brown. It was the love of five shillings. Don't be ashamed of it. Sometimes even money can be a faith. I, I'd, I'd better get back to the bar. Yes, you had. And you'd better get up to bed, Mr. Brown. It's close to five o'clock. And what about you? I'm knitting. In time of crisis, the head of the house should not be found sleeping in bed. I'm staying up, Mrs. Brown, if it takes all week. Mother, father, it's fine. He's all right. He's fine. Steady, child, steady. My cured him. He's on his feet again. There, the horse is up and you'll be down. You haven't eaten, haven't slept. Is it fair to impose illness on the household? Oh, I won't be ill, father. I could sit up a thousand nights. I... Look. Look what time it is. Three and one half minutes from eight o'clock in the morning. I'll be late for school. Goodbye, mother. Goodbye, father. Are you permitting that child to go to school? I like the spirit that makes her want to go after sitting up all night. But she'll collapse by afternoon. She'll be home in half an hour. What? This is Saturday, Mr. Brown. There is no school. Well, bless me, so it is. And so was the pie cured and came by his strength, which he'd sorely need. For it's twice around the course at Aintree and 30 jumps in the greatest race a horse can run in all this world. for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. In just a moment, our stars will return with Act Three of National Velvet, starring Mickey Rooney, Elizabeth Taylor, and Donald Crisp. Screen stars are often asked their formulas for success. Our guest tonight says hers is work hard, do your best, listen and learn. She's lovely blonde Dorothy Patrick, one of Hollywood's brightest stars. Dorothy captured the role of Mrs. Jerome Kern in Metro-Golden-Mare's superb new musical, Till the Clouds Roll By. You give me too much credit, Mr. Keeley. I did need an opportunity. Well, you've made the most of it, Dorothy. Any woman would be proud to have you represent her on the screen. 
Well, do you mind if I pass those orchids along? Not at all. Well, I'd like to give mine to Robert Walker. As Jerome Kern himself, he made a wonderful screen husband. Van Heflin is a darling, too. Hmm, I can see you approve of the men in the cast, Arthur. How about the girls? Well, naturally, Judy Garland and June Allison should get the very nicest orchids of them all. In those big Technicolor production numbers, they're simply lovely. And your favorite number? Well, one that interested me especially was the setting for Look for the Silver Lining, which Judy sings in Till the Clouds Roll By. Mr. Kennedy, you'd have been interested in the scene where Judy was washing simply mountains of dishes and singing like an angel. Well, then she must have been washing them in Lux Flakes. Why, that's right, Mr. Kennedy. The suds were that high. Women like those rich suds, Miss Patrick, because they mean Lux Flakes go further. You know what? It's actually been proved that ounce for ounce... Lux washes up to twice as many dishes as other leading soaps tested. Well, I saw Judy's hands after dozens of takes, and you'd never guess she'd been doing dishes. Credit Lux Flakes again, Miss Patrick. Women who care about their hands use Lux for dishes because it doesn't make hands rough and red as strong soaps do. That's been proved scientifically. So it's not surprising that when a studio shoots a dishwashing scene, they use Lux suds to protect the star's hands. And that, ladies, is the very same Lux thousands of women all over the country use for dishes to keep their hands soft, smooth, and lovely. Why not try it for your dishes tomorrow? Here's your producer, William Keeley. Act Three of National Velvet, starring Mickey Rooney as Maya, Elizabeth Taylor as Velvet, and Donald Crisp as Mr. Brown. There came a day when I stopped training the horse, and Velvet stopped riding him. And that was the day before we left for Aintree. That night, Mr. Age stopped by the house. And what time will you be leaving, Mr. Brown? Oh, I'm not crazy, man. I'm staying home where I belong. It's Velvet and Master Taylor and the horse. In a hired van at five o'clock tomorrow morning. Boy, got a jockey yet to ride the brute? We're meeting one there tomorrow, name of Ivan Tasky, sir. In that case, I've a pound note to wager... Here you are, lad, to win. That's a pound wasted. I'll put it in the book with the other bets, Mr. Eat. Other bets? You're the tenth man here today, Mr. Eat. Eleventh. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Brown, eleventh. It's bad enough to see this family wasting its money, but when I see the village of Sewells throwing good money after bad, it's enough to make me lose my faith in humanity. I'm glad to hear you've got faith in humanity, Mr. Brown. As for me, I'd sometimes sooner put my faith on a horse. Come, boy. The van for the horse is here. Uh, and Velvet? Saying goodbye to her mother. Ah. Uh, Master Taylor, I, uh, now, uh, uh, you'll understand, I, I'm not a frivolous man, but I'd like to risk a couple of pounds. Put it on the pie for me. <laughs> yes, sir. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll not be angry if you say nothing about it to the missus. No, no. <laughs> Good luck, boy. Thank you, sir. What's the jockey's name again, Mike? Ivan Tasky, now get some sleep, Velvet. We've got a long way ahead of us. My, do you think he'll like the pie, Mr. Tasky? He'll like him all right. How do we know these jockey clothes are going to fit him? All jockeys are the same size, same brain, same vision. Seeing the world from the height of a horse. And what's that you're doing? Taking my braces off. I told your mother I'd take care of you, Velvet. Oh, just this once, my. I've got all the rest of my life to wear them. Oh, all right. But get some sleep. We'll be meeting Tasky first thing in the morning. 
More coffee, Mr. Tasky. No, no thanks. So, this is Miss Brown. Such a little girl. Her money's as good as anybody's. And wait till you see the pie. He's a real horse, Mr. Tasky. Well, He's... what does it matter? Tomorrow I ride him, tomorrow night I go back to Paris. Such a little girl. Only in England can it happen that a child brings a plow horse from the field. He's not a plow horse, Mr. Tasky. We'll take you to see the pie now, Mr. Tasky. Once you see no. him, you'll realize what... You are serious? Well, why not? Say hello. Get the feel of him. Shake his Get hand. A... Give him calling card. Make ball. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is foolish. It'd be just as foolish for Mr. Tasky to ride him. Velvet, velvet. The little girl does not like me. You may be a fine rider, Mr. Tasky, but the pie would know your heart's not in it. He would know you don't believe in him. <laughs> Mr. Taylor, uh, what you call her? Uh, crazy, eh? No. No, no, Mr. Tasky, truthful. Come on, Velvet, let's go back to the van. I'll try and find us another jockey. Thank you, Mike. Didn't mean to be so late. I've been looking everywhere. No luck? No. Tried everything. Asked everybody. There'll be no race tomorrow for the pie. Searching for weeks for a rider, and then you say, No, thank you, Mr. Tasky. Goodbye. But my, he just didn't believe. He's a rider. He's a rider. Things happen in a race, Velvet. Not with the pie. He'd know. My, why don't you ride him yourself? Do you want to know why? I'll tell you why. It's been going around in my mind all night. Sure, sure I was a jockey once. And one fine day I rode at Manchester. There were three of us going for the final jump together. And I saw a chance to win and I took it. It was me that did it. There was a tangle of reins and horses and jockeys. And one of the jockeys got killed. That's why I don't ride anymore, because I'm afraid. I'm all soft and yellow inside, so I don't ride. That's why I'm no good to you when you need me the most. Oh, no, no, my. It's you that kept me going. There's greatness in you, Mike. No, there's there's nothing in me. Oh, no, Mike. No. I, I left her there crying. And late that night, after she had gone to bed, I came back for the pie and I led him over to the course. Dark it was, save for the stars. But the horse was deserving to see something of all he was going to miss. I wasn't a yellow coward. I'd ride you myself, Pie. But you wouldn't know me, would you? I've never been up there in your back. She's been the only one. Except... Except if I... If I get on your back now. If I give you the chance to learn the weight of me. Pie. Pie, I'm doing it. I'm getting up in the saddle. Go on, throw me. I dare you, throw me. Straight down the course. Get a good look at it now. Tomorrow you'll not have a chance. Or we'll be flying down here like the devil himself was on our heels. And up there in the stands, the king and queen will be watching us. Breeze around, pie. Ha! I came back to the van. I'd wake her up and tell her, tell her how I'd ride the pie myself, that I, I wasn't yellow anymore, that I'd do this thing she wanted so badly. But when I got to the van, the... Lamp was lit and there was velvet. Wearing the jockey silks, her mind. Look, my, look. They fit me. They fit fine. Oh, 
What in the name of all that's crazy? The pie's going to raise my, and I'm going to ride him. They'll never know I'm a girl. If you cut my hair, I'll be exactly right. And get your silly little neck exactly broken. Forty horses and riders ready to trample you over. I'll not let you do it, Velvet. Oh, please, my. Besides, please. besides, there's no need for it. Suppose, Velvet, suppose I told you that, that just now, just now tonight, I, I found us a rider. I should I wanna... still want to ride him myself. My, I know you're angry, but you'll understand. If you ever rode a horse again, you'd want to win. That's how I feel. So, now it's the glory of winning you want for yourself, is that it? Yes. Well, perhaps you're right. Perhaps that's what I'd want if I'd ever ride again. All right. All right, he's yours. Oh, my. I knew you'd see. Uh, I knew you'd All right, you'd... now, hold, hold on, hold on. There's a lot of things we have to do. One chance in a hundred that we'll fool them. My hair. What? Here, my scissors. Go ahead and, and short at the back now. Short. Oh, Velvet. I wish your mother were here. She is here. She's inside me. You'll be disqualified at the end when they find you're a girl. You'll have to forfeit the prize money. They may even send you to prison for fraud. But if there's trouble, you tell them it was me that did it. You understand? It was me that put you up to it. There won't be any trouble, Mike. Now, now listen. There's a lot of tricks you'll have to learn. It's, when it's you no st- use, Mike. Well, girl, do you think a race like this is won by luck? No. It's won by knowing the pie can win and telling him so. How do I tell of the race that was run the next day? Of 40 horses and 40 riders flying down the straightaways, soaring over the jumps, the pounding of the hoofs, and the shouting of the jockeys and the whole wild delirium of it all. 40 it was that started, but not a dozen were left for the finish. And me too scared to look at the jumps for fear she'd be the next one down. But the jumps are behind now, and down the stretch they come. And she's still up and snug and maybe even dangerous. bursting. She couldn't have won. But what my brain could not believe, my own eyes saw. They saw the pie in front and going away. And then it happened. She just seemed to melt from the saddle. And there she was on the ground. And the next thing I knew, I was pounding on the door at the track hospital. What happened to her, sir? What happened to her? Is she all right? She only fainted exhausted. Oh, I... She? How did you know? Here, what do you know about... What do you know about her? Disqualified. Ebony Star is the winner. Blue Tommy second. 
before we got away. Reporters, policemen, celebrities, questions, cheers, and, and glory. And the same all over again when the van stopped in the village of Sioux. Mother, father, we won. We won. Are you all right, girl? Are you all right? Oh, yes, yes, father. Mother, were we the best in the world? Yes, Velvet, the best in the world. I say, Brown, what's the bow tie for? Our Lord Darby wears a bow tie. She's got a couple of champion racehorses, too. And your daughter, Hattie, is going to prison for fraud? If you heard the wireless, Mr. Hallam, you know there won't be any charges. Englishmen treat their heroes better than that. They were satisfied to disqualify Velvet and the horse. Ah, and made her forfeit all the money? Would you expect them to be both forgiving and generous? Fetch your daughter. Come on, Mrs. Brown. Come on home. Telegrams, cablegrams, letters. The music halls want you, Velvet. The American cinema, there's a fortune of money in this. Yes, Father. Ah, they want you and the horse to go to America and act in the cinema. But I told you, Father. I can't drag the pie up for people to stare at. Mother, I can't. It's your father talking to you, dear. If you had seen what he did for me. He burst himself for me. And would it burst your own childish heart to stare at an account of 5,000 pounds in a good bank? I can't help it, Father. I'd sooner have that horse happy than go to heaven. Velvet, run along, dear. Change your dress. Well, your mother said to run along. Yes, Father. Now, Mrs. Brown, I put it to you calmly. Is that a good reason for throwing away a fortune? Unwilling for people to stare at a horse? There'll be a dispute till the end of time, Mr. Brown. Whether it's better to do the right thing for the wrong reason, or the wrong thing for the right reason. Where are you going? Oh, telegrams, cablegrams, and letters. Into the fire. Into the fire with every last one of them. Sorry you find me packing, Mr. Brown. I meant to leave without any goodbyes. I'd uh, left a note, you know. Uh, you're taking to the empty roads again? But why, boy, and where? My father gave me every road in the kingdom, and now I'm ready to look them over, sir. I don't understand you. And then perhaps I do. Perhaps you're right, my. <sighs> That's the first time you ever called me my. I get your meaning. But there's character to be considered when a man takes a stranger under his roof. Rightly so. Ah, uh, but I've been wrong. And I'm sorry. To be frank, I thought you'd steal that hundred sovereigns. To be frank, I nearly did. But what kept you from it? I don't know, the pie, perhaps maybe it was Donald or Mrs. Brown. Perhaps it was Velvet, I, I don't know. Does Velvet know you're going? I told her someday I'd be leaving. I, I, I don't like goodbyes, Mr. Brown. Give me your hand, mine. Thank you. Would you say goodbye to Velvet for me? Uh, and Mrs. Brown. She's a fine woman, sir, but I, I don't have to tell you that. There's nothing better I'd like than to go away with her thinking well of me. She does. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Jacob Dog. Goodbye, sir. God bless you, lad. <laughs> Jacob Dog. 
How can there be so many currents in such a little puddle? I know, Velvet. The world's opened up again for him. He'd shut himself away from it. He was angry with it. But that's over. I think he'll come back. That's what he said once. He said, only way to come back is to go. But, Mother, we've never told him what he wanted to know. His father. Remember, Mother, how we wouldn't tell him because it wasn't the right time. Shouldn't he know now, Mother? Yes, he should. He's earned it. Father. He can't be far up the road. The pie could find him, Velvet. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I'm obliged, Velvet. Obliged to you for telling me about my father. You'll stay now, Mike? No. But you'll come back someday. Please come back, Mike. I will, Velvet. I will. I'll be back. Goodbye, I'll Mike. Be back. Goodbye. We have a word with our stars and news of next week's play in a moment. Say, uh, Sally, how good are you at guessing games? Well, that depends on what clues I get. Well, suppose I told you I was thinking of something that helps pretty under things stay lovely longer. Oh, Pooh, that's too easy. Every girl knows that's Lux Flakes. Why, I've seen Slips Luxed as many as 30 times, and they were just as bright as they could be. Oh, you're spoiling my fun, Sally. My next clue is going to be that this care keeps undies lovely not only longer, but three times as long. Tests proved it. Well, Natch... When you wash nice undies the wrong way and use a strong soap, they fade in no time. But you didn't give me a chance to say Lux is thrifty, too. I'll say Lux is thrifty. Well, I can wash undies for nearly two months with just one big box of Lux Flakes. Now, can I ask you a question? Certainly. Do I get a box of Lux Flakes to keep? Well, I'm sure we could give you a box, but I imagine a bright girl like you will use it instead of keeping it. Because if you use it every night to Lux Undies... You'll keep them lovely lots longer. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone. In this season of awards, I wish I could pin a medal on tonight's cast with a special citation for our three stars, Mickey Rooney, Elizabeth Taylor, and Donald Crisp. Mickey, I know our audience is as happy as I am to have you back in our theater again. Thanks, Mr. Keeley. It seems like old, old times. Incidentally, Elizabeth, I understand that while you were making National Velvet, you and the horse who played the pie became devoted friends. Mr. Keeley, they were more than friends. I think they were sweethearts. <laughs> oh, well, I certainly loved him. Just as much as Velvet did in the story. They got so chummy, in fact, that the studio finally gave him to Elizabeth. Yes, and she handles him better than anyone else can. But Elizabeth has, has other talents, too. She's authored a best-selling book for children. And Mickey's just written and published another original song. How about singing it for us, Mickey? Uh, no, 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 Elizabeth, not on the stage. My voice sounds better in much smaller places. <laughs> uh, a smaller place? Yeah, uh, the uh, shower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mickey, we'll look forward to catching it on the radio. 
And also to seeing your new Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. Speaking of pictures, Mr. Keeley, what's on the fire for next week here? Next Monday night, we bring our audience a thrilling story of adventure and romance from Paramount's colorful screen hit, Frenchman's Creek. And our stars are Joan Fontaine and David Niven. Miss Fontaine appears in her original role in a drama throbbing with excitement and suspense. The story of a buccaneer who steals both love and riches in the lawless era of Elizabethan England. Your audience ought to love it, Mr. Keeley. And good night, sir. Good night, and all our highest thanks. Good night. Good night. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents Joan Fontaine and David Niven in Frenchman's Creek. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. A wonderful story and a wonderful radio broadcast indeed was National Velvet on the Lux Radio Theater. If you haven't ever seen the film of National Velvet, we urge you to go to our website, wbshop.com, where you'll find all the motion pictures available from Warner Brothers Entertainment that are available on DVD and electronic download. And while you're there, make sure you check out the other Elizabeth Taylor films available at warnerarchive.com, where Warner Archive offers over 850 motion pictures and television programs that have never been available before on DVD and are now available to you by coming to our website. Some of the Elizabeth Taylor films we have available now for your perusal include Cynthia, which was released in 1947 and which is also another podcast. We also have Conspirator, in which Elizabeth Taylor shares the screen with Robert Taylor, no relation. And then The Girl Who Had Everything, in which Elizabeth Taylor played opposite Larry Parks in a wonderful comedy directed by Stanley Donnan of Singing in the Rain fame. 1954's Rhapsody is also another Elizabeth Taylor epic, lushly filmed in Technicolor and with the wonderful Vittorio Gassman as her leading man. You can also look forward to future releases coming from Warner Archive Collection from the very, very wonderful legacy of films which Miss Taylor has left us. Some of the films coming out in the future will include Nightwatch, the rare 1973 thriller that reteamed Miss Taylor with her Butterfield 8 co-star Lawrence Harvey. We will also be offering Miss Taylor as the daughter of Walter Pidgeon and Greer Garson in Julia Misbehaves. There's no release date set for those titles, but you can check the WarnerArchive.com website in the future as we plan to start remastering them and bringing them to you when they're ready. So by all means, check out the WarnerArchive.com website for Elizabeth Taylor films and all the classics that you've come to know and love from the Warner Archive. We're always happy to hear from you. Please check with us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and let us know how we're doing. We always love hearing from you. Make sure you look out for the next Warner Archive Collection podcast coming your way soon. Thank you for listening.